Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes, and sometimes a lot longer. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. As you may notice, uh, based on the, the length of this episode, this is not a classic 15-minute episode of the podcast, nor should I say a classic 18-minute episode, 19-minute episode. I don't know. Whatever I've been pushing lately, I just chose to gun it and push it a lot further this time because... There is something I genuinely really, really, really want to talk about and want to dig into. And that is the question of why can't Marvel make a movie like The Suicide Squad? A film with blood, gore, comedy, swearing, the whole gauntlet. Why can't Marvel do it? DC's The Suicide Squad by James Gunn was released this past weekend to to great acclaim, great reviews, albeit not a great box office that we were all hoping for. But it was a spectacle to watch. And, uh, and you know, this question started to bug me as soon as I watched it. So I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And I wanted to bring on two really good friends of mine to talk about it with me. And to kind of hash this out and feel and, and just see what we are thinking. Why can't Marvel do a movie like The Suicide Squad? First on the show, I've got Tyler Beck of Three Films in a Podcast. Tyler, welcome to the show, man. Welcome back. Hello, thank you again for having me. It's always a pleasure. It's nice to see you. I know that the listeners can't see you, but I can, and it's such a treat. And uh, yeah, no, I'm stoked to be here, man. I uh, we got into this a little bit on Twitter, so I'm happy to hash it out. In Absolutely, real life. yes. So uh, yeah, I did take to Twitter, and I was like, you know what? I also got to talk about this on the podcast because Twitter just wasn't enough. Guest number two, Alex Donahue of the Marvel Atlas. Welcome to the show, Alex. It is also a pleasure to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I love to argue. So like, you know, <laughs> here we are. So you're prepped to bring the hot takes to bring to bring it all. Alex and I, we just did a Spider-Man episode on, on your podcast that just dropped actually today as of as of we're recording this. That was a good conversation. I will say I, I thought it was pretty lit, you know, so like <laughs> check it out if you want to. But if you don't want to, that's cool too. You're not going to force anything on anybody I, here. I won't force anybody. I'm not going to put a bomb in your neck and blow it yeah. up if you don't listen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Too intense. Okay. So listen, like I said, I, I have not really stopped thinking about the suicide squad since I've, uh, I've seen it. And, and that's for multiple reasons. The first being because it's honestly just a really fucking fun movie. Like it was just, totally enjoyable i saw it in imax uh and and it was it was a blast it was a really really good time second being that it really piqued my interest as a case study for movies in general but more specifically like i've said for marvel and their attempt or lack thereof to really breach that holy rated r kind of barrier and so I, I thought we could kind of talk about this and, and, and see what we feel like. But I do want to start the conversation off by talking about The Suicide Squad. I know this is a Marvel podcast, but The Suicide Squad is the base for this conversation. We have all seen it. I, I just want to know, Tyler, we'll start with you. How do you feel about the movie? Give me a rating out of 10. 
hit me with your bullet points just so I can get a vibe of, of what you thought of the film. All right. Yeah. So out of 10, I mean, I'd probably give this thing an eight, maybe eight and a half. I, in all honesty, didn't care at all about this movie before it came out. I, I knew nothing about it. Uh, I was very underwhelmed by most of the DC run, mm-hmm. to be honest, save for a, a couple of Save for Zack Snyder, Snyder Cut, correct? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, you know, there's there's things I like. There's whatever. It's it's fine. Like the DCU, the DCEU movies have always been fine for me. So when I saw this one coming out, even with James Gunn being attached, I just was kind of whatever. So I realized, hey, I have HBO Max. I can pop it on. And I, I was blown away, man. I had a blast. Um, I'm not a huge gore guy, but uh, and I, well, I'm not a Bush guy either. But I'm just kidding. That joke's <laughs> that joke's for an older audience. Um, That's a classic. Well played. I love to hear it. That was great. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I try. I try to alienate the listeners as much as I can. Um, no, I just I had a, I had a blast with it. Uh, even you know, despite the gore and stuff, but uh, it was super fun. It was funny. Uh, Harley Quinn uh, was just awesome and Idris Elba you know knocked it out of the park with blood park with blood sport uh, I don't know man just a good time all around yeah that uh that's good so it, it sounds like you watched it on HBO Max for the first time yeah okay I, I saw everyone was like reviewing it and I was like oh shit I'm, I'm missing yeah. out on a <laughs> on a cultural touchstone here I'm missing the moment so right I jumped on HBO Max and watched it real quick Okay, Alex, I want to know your experience. I want to know theater, HBO Max. What did you think of the movie? Okay. So the true Harley Quinn lover in me wants to give it a nine and a half out of ten. But I'm going to I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten because okay. I want to try to be more realistic. And maybe <laughs> after I calm down a little bit, it's only been a couple of days, I, I might give it just a nine. Sure. But I was so hyped for this movie for so long. I was so hyped for the first Suicide Squad that was not a good film. Yeah. Really in the slightest bit. I mean, mm-hmm. the only good thing that came out of the film was Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. The only good thing in Birds of Prey was Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And so I knew, you know what? Worst case scenario, I get to watch Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah. So it ain't going to be a bad film. But when I left this theater, because I did go and see it in theater, I My have guy. HBO Max, and I am not a wealthy man, so I shouldn't <laughs> have gone to the theater. But I needed to because it had to be I, done. I, I it had to be done, <laughs> and I I didn't regret it when I left. I mean, it blew me away. I'm a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Yeah, that's my favorite in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So. Mm-hmm. James Gunn, I was on the full hype train. I don't know if you guys have seen Super, his first like superhero no, movie. I that haven't. movie is really that, funny. Is that movie with Rain Wilson? Yes. Oh, he's yeah, like I have the main seen superhero. Yeah. Fantastic yeah, performance awesome. yeah. by Rain Wilson. Fantastic. I gotta like, see it. I gotta I, see it. I didn't know that he could act like this. I'm a huge fan of The Office. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know he had these kind of like uh, so many emotions. Yeah. Besides the point. Uh. <laughs> I was hyped for this movie going in and I wasn't disappointed at all. Wow. I like that. I, you know, I feel similar to you in the fact that I was trying to rate it today and I was like, okay, hey, what am I going to give it out of 10? I saw it in an IMAX with a couple of friends. It was, it was an event. It was really fun. And as soon as I got home, I, 
I turned it on on HBO Max and I showed my wife and I was like, look, Molly, you, you have to watch this scene and you have to watch this scene. And and obviously spoilers ahead. We're tight. This is a, a spoiler filled conversation uh, about these films. I gave I, I sat her down and I said, you have to watch where they infiltrate the camp at first. And you have John Cena and Idris Elba have their little kill off. And and you have to watch Harley Quinn just go to town and just javelin people like crazy. <laughs> and and I showed her those two scenes. She could have cared less. And, and, that, and that was fine. But I felt good about it because I really <laughs> liked it. And so anyway, what I'm trying to say, Alex, I feel like I'm in the same boat. I was like nine and a half. Let's go. And then I was like, oh, that I don't know. I don't know. That might be a little too crazy for me. So I try to temper my my uh, <laughs> my ratings after I watch a movie I like. I'm like, yep. that's five out of five. That's perfect. Let's go to Letterbox. Let's lock it in. But then I'm like, my litmus test is always like, is it a better movie than Parasite? Okay. Oh sure, okay. that's like my five star. If it's like, is it as yep. good as Parasite? And then I have like a few like four star movies that I compare against. So um, yeah, smart. I, that's the way that's the way you do it. I I went I went with an 8.8. I didn't breach the 9, but wholehearted fun. I thought it was a blast and and the main point of this podcast this conversation, I personally loved the the blood, the gore, the swearing, the killing. I thought obviously without that you don't have the suicide squad. That's that's what makes it the suicide squad, right? And especially in the first 10 minutes, which I guess I, I feel like I can speak for all of us. That was a head rush, right? Are we, are we all in agreement? That was absurd. Yeah. First 10 minutes of this film were insane. I no idea what's happening. No clue. Did they kill Pete Davidson already? I like, was so <laughs> fucking mad when they killed Pete Davidson. I leaned over to Austin, Austin Davis, uh, co-host of, of a podcast I was on final take. Uh, go check it out. We don't make episodes anymore, but still good show. And I lean over to Austin. And I was go, I told him hundred bucks. Pete Davidson dies first. No question about it. <laughs> just, he has that look about him. And then what happens? He gets blasted in the face. I was, was so he bad. first? I think he was first man. Oh, Cause his, yes, his neck because, charge blew, right? Because weasel wasn't actually dead. Yeah, exactly. Right. So exactly. he was first. I knew Pete Davidson was going to be early. I didn't think they'd kill Dude. half of them right. early. Pete Davidson was so funny, though. The two things where he's like juking out the officer was hilarious and went in the in the helicopter it was so great. Um, so James Gunn made the Suicide Squad. He has also obviously famously made Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I I think you obviously could pit them against one another. They're both team up films. They're both comic book movies i i don't know if that's necessarily fair they definitely focus on a lot of different uh they have very different tones they focus on a lot of different things uh to that point i don't think the suicide squad had character development as much as i had hoped to see potentially coming from a james gunn film even though we got some good backstory on ratcatcher 2 on Bloodsport, on things like that do you guys agree or did you, did you think it was well-rounded enough when it came to the characters? Uh, to be honest, there was more like development than I was expecting. So mm-hmm. like, even when you just said that, I was like, I was kind of taken aback. Like, really? <laughs> like, cause I felt it did have that trademark, like James Gunn heart, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he does a, he does such a good job of just building in little bits of information into the, 
uh, presentation of his characters and the dialogue and stuff. So, and, and obviously like, you know, Ratcatcher and, and Bloodsport had their like full on scenes, like explaining their backstory and, you know, what makes them tick and all that. So, I mean, I thought there was plenty of it. And like, I mean, we don't watch Suicide Squad for like character drama, right? Like I can go watch sure. Marriage Story for that and I will. Yeah, you but... will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> or uh, maybe La La Land. I still need to check that out in yeah. your honor. Tyler, but... <laughs> you don't come on my podcast and tell me you haven't seen my favorite movie of all time. That's blasphemy. Fair. That's fair. I apologize. <laughs> it's a mean thing for me to do. But yeah, no, I mean, I was just like, yeah, this is great. I, I, Those moments, those more tender moments with like, you know, yeah. like you said, Ratcatcher and the Polka Dot Man and stuff. Like those sort of, you know, they, they warmed my cold heart as I was watching people's faces get chopped in half. So yeah. <laughs> I thought there was plenty of it. Alex, what do you, what do you think? Well, I, I was going to say near the same thing. I thought it was kind of perfect because they did give us character development in a little bit of a way for the characters that matter going forward. Right. Right. But they didn't do it enough to really give away who was safe and who wasn't by the end of the film. That's a good point. Sure. Because although they killed half of them off, they still killed a couple more throughout. I was kind of glad they took Rick Flag out, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was kind of over. Not him. a fan of backcountry Captain America. <laughs> I, I'm not. That's just every time I looked at him, I, I and they had the, the cowboy hat. I too much Over the <laughs> he died a hero though so i was proud of him our boy our boy rick flag look i'm not saying it wasn't good character development because i agree it was more than i think i expected but i guess to me i always feel like for Ratcatcher 2 that was some good character development i always love a good flashback and i feel like if we could have just gotten a 15 to 30 second flashback for blood sport if if Instead of him just telling us the story of what his father did, if we would have seen it, I think that connects more with me as a viewer. And that just me, might be like my personal preference. Um, and, you know, you can kind of see in that scene that, uh, you know, John Cena as, as Peacemaker, he, he smirks. So he obviously has a background of similar story, but we don't see any of that. And we don't, we just know that Polka Dot Man was experimented on by his mom. We don't see any of that take place visually. So I would have do wanted visual. Want, do you want to see big time <laughs> a, a mother torturing her son? <laughs> ah, that says I mean, more about look, you than the movie. Than... <laughs> <laughs> look, I connected with Polka Dot Man. Okay, we have that. Well, so did I, man. So look, <laughs> yeah, that's my guy. Okay, so let's let's now that we've kind of got this base for the Suicide Squad, we all very much enjoyed it. Let's talk about the Marvel side of things. And what do you think? the closest movie that that Marvel has to the Suicide Squad is. is. Is there anything that comes close or I'm talking, I'm talking MCU proper. You can't say okay. Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool is the, the definite go-to answer. I get that. I know, I'm like Wesley Snipes is <laughs> screaming from a mansion in Bel Air somewhere. Right. I, I know that there are things that exist, but okay. I'm talking Marvel I'm cleared that up. MCU proper within the 24 film slate okay. that we have now. You can D plus if you think WandaVision is dark, go for it. But what do you think is the closest that Marvel has to a, to a movie like the Suicide Squad? I mean, as far as like the obvious answer is guardians, right? Like sure. it's same director and whatnot. Um, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't think they have one and I don't think they want to, right? Okay. Like we, we sort of talked about this on Twitter. 
I feel like Marvel's intention was to make properties that the most amount of people could enjoy Mm. because I think they did that both for, uh, you know, greedy reasons. Like they want the most money in their pockets, but also I think they understand that there's people that are my age and older that have grown up with these properties. And there's people that are younger than us that uh, have attached to these properties. So they want everyone to be able to enjoy it. So their ultimate goal was to just make stuff that I will enjoy. It's just heavy enough and thematic enough and, and, uh, and gives me enough to chew on and some fun stuff to watch. And also that like my nephew that won't take off his Captain America costume can enjoy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so I think, I think they're perfectly happy not being the, you know, having some suicide squad or whatever in the MCU, whether or not they, you know, the upcoming blade property isn't, will be included mm-hmm. in that or, you know, Deadpool gets tied into the overall MCU somehow. I don't know going forward, but I just think, to build this first few phases of their uh, cinematic run, like they didn't want that. They, they they got they put on screen exactly what they wanted to. I think if they wanted to go dark, they could have. Okay, there's, so, there's enough there's enough property for them to have done so if they wanted to. Right, I think that opens up this conversation. There's a lot of timelines off of this conversation that we could go into. There's yeah. a lot of things. Um, before I say any of that, Alex, I want I want to know I want to know your thoughts. I was I was gonna say, can you reprompt me with the question? Because I've got <laughs> like ten different ways to go. <laughs> I know. I I'm, I'm like, oh, I gotta talk about this. I gotta talk about this. Does Marvel have anything that comes remotely close to the Suicide Squad? And if so, what is it? I mean, they definitely don't have anything that comes close to the Suicide Squad. The closest thing um, that I can think of is if you're thinking of Infinity War and Endgame combined as mm-hmm. the part one and part two. Yeah, that's the closest thing to me. Um, the mass amount of characters, the I, it's the quote unquote most violent. Uh, I mean, we watched Thanos's head get chopped off, which yeah. is we watched Loki's the only neck time. Snapped. Yeah, it's the only time we've really seen these kind of things. Like they usually only get referenced. A little bit more PG friendly. Um, True. So that's the closest thing that comes to it, but I still think it's not even close. Yeah, right. I, th- yeah. I think for me, I had a list of, of of a few of the darkest moments in MCU, and I kind of wanted to bring them out and see if if you think of anything else, or or see where these might rank in terms of just like being dark moments. I guess so. Like for me, I think the darkest. Darkest moment in the entirety of the MCU so far. I'm talking like up until two days before what if and everything that we've seen. I think it's John Walker brutally murdering a flag smasher in an open square. I I think that is the closest that the definitely the darkest scene that we've ever seen in Marvel. But I think it's the closest that we see to something like, quote unquote, the Suicide Squad. Right where it's brutal, bloody, dark, and grim. I think the only difference I would say, I agree it's like the most uh, like violently shocking moment. Like, sure. you know, I text you that photo or I sent you that photo on Twitter. I just happened to be watching Civil War randomly when we started talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when uh, Helmet uh, drowns the Hydra agent. Yep. Like, I remember watching that in theaters. I was like, what the fuck? This is supposed to be a comic <laughs> book movie for kids. Like, that's brutal. But um. I think the only difference between uh, the, that scene in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Suicide Squad 
is like the Suicide Squad sort of plays it up like comic book style. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's like gratuitous like comic book gore. Whereas that scene with John Walker, that was like sh- that was like hyper realistic in a lot of ways. You know, like it was it was intense. It was it was pretty brutal. I had to text my friends. I was like, guys, that was nuts. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I th- I think that moment and and other dark moments. So I think for me, like Tony's vision of the future in age of Ultron, when he sees that the Avengers are dead and New York is, is done and and the world is coming to an end. I think that's incredibly dark. And I've mentioned it before on this podcast. I would have loved to see more of that in, in the MCU, whether it's a flash forward or a dream or whatever it may be. I, I like that dark side of things. And then I, I said, you know, to you, Alex, like Thanos snapping Loki's neck, like that's really dark. I think all of those, all of those dark scenes have, they all have like a common thread and that is that they're all incredibly emotional and storyline driven. They serve a really great purpose. We don't see John Walker just brutally kill somebody just for the fun. And I think that's the biggest tonal, tonal difference that we have in DC and Marvel so far, broad speaking, and the Suicide Squad and whatever Marvel has is a straight tone difference. I don't think I don't think they're remotely even close to the same tone. Um, and Tyler, you mentioned you've grown up with Marvel. We we've had the MCU for 13 years now, and Iron Man came out in 08. I have a question. Then based on this, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit. Okay. They want to get the most audience retention they can, and like you mentioned, they want the most butts in the seats. I get that, and they've done it. They they have. So many movies that have grossed over a billion dollars. Endgame is the second highest grossing movie of all time. RIP, unfortunately, couldn't hold the crown. And I, I want to know, is 13 years not long enough to evolve? Is that not long enough for your audience to say, well, give me something more. Give me a little, give me, give me some more, something darker. Give me something more grim because I've already had this for 13 years and I want something different. Well, I mean, it, it- if we're talking just like the MCU, the MCU specifically, then, you know, maybe they could have, but again, I really don't think they wanted to. I think mm-hmm. they could have and have made exactly what they wanted to make. So, I mean, outside of that, you have the Deadpool stuff, you have Logan, you have Blade, like they have dipped their toe. I, I do, look, I mean, I agree with you. I like to see the darker stuff, right? Like that's always been my thing with the DC universe is I like that they want to be dark. I just feel like they've been half-assing it this whole time yep, yep, yep. until Suicide Squad and some of the other movies they've made. Like I liked, um, despite my rank, my overall ranking of it on that list, like I liked Batman versus Superman just because it was dark, you know what yeah. I mean? I was like, okay, cool. Like they're going to try and be edgier. They're going to try to be more thematic. They're going to try to be darker. And that's great. They just have like not done it well. Like I said, they've just been half-assing it. So mm-hmm. Marvel picked a direction and they whole-assed it all the way to being the number one property in the world. I probably, I don't know. I'm just saying things at yeah. this point, but like, you know, I just feel like DC, it seems they're finally started to find some footing because even like my second highest ranked DC movie Shazam, like it's nowhere near like, as heavy or whatever as Suicide Squad. It has more of that like Marvel feel, but it is darker. It is a little like more moody, you know? So mm-hmm. I just feel like they, they're starting to find their footing and I hope they can keep it going the way that they've got it. Alex, what do, you, what do you think? Do you think Marvel's done the right thing by keeping the track straight for 13 years and not getting divergent? Or is it about time they spice it up? 
I I think up until this point, it's it's been smart the way that they've done this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's time for a change. I I kind of think PG thirteen. I mean, at this point in this day and age, I thirteen to seventeen that four years age gap. These kids are watching these movies anyways, and it's just making it a little bit harder for them to watch it. You know, and instead of you getting their money, they're just illegally streaming it from somewhere else. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I did when I was a kid. Yeah. So like, I just, I I feel like full scent, you just go. Now, I I don't think that every single movie needs to be this gory. Yeah, because so I'm like, like, I don't want to watch Suicide Squad every night. Like, right, sometimes, right. you know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there there are a lot of movies that don't need to be that gory. But there are a lot of characters like Blade, like Moon Knight, like a yep. Deadpool and Wolverine. Yeah. That it needs to get a little bit more intense. And if they want to combine that and keep that all into one flowing Marvel Cinematic Universe... They, they can't just keep the PG-13 rating throughout all of those movies. Yeah. So like, something has to be done. I would like to see the Captain Marvel run going forward with Sam. I would like to see that get more like kind of the direction they went with the, the Disney Plus series, like a little grittier, a little more mm-hmm. like real, you know, real life violence. Like I'm not, a, not condoning violence by any <laughs> means, but you know, like we saw with the John Walker scene, like that was like, it was pretty cool. And it was like shocking. And I think maybe that's what they're trying to do with that, with that going forward. Like I would like to see a little bit more like real life spy thriller stuff, which is what that story's always kind of been, but just like, yeah. like you guys are saying, let's push the envelope just a little bit, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that, Alex. I'm like, I don't want every movie to be like just blood and guts and <laughs> darkness man <laughs> yeah i definitely don't need it i i felt a little <laughs> a, a little a little dirty when i left the theater. <laughs> you know i was like yeah. i was like that was awesome but like yikes a little yeah. tapped out <laughs> i you know i think i think too and i think of the thor ragnarok scene it might not inherently be dark but when loki looks at valkyrie's like past and we can see that vision of hella against the Valkyries and Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. That's 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 pretty dark in terms of like what it represents and what well, happened. Well, Hela literally wiping out the entire yeah. Asgardian right. army, like <laughs> right, and nuts. and that's pretty intense. And and I, so I do think there's there's been flashes, but look, I'm I'm just as happy as as you are with the way Marvel is going. Obviously, I live my life by whatever Marvel news is happening that day and and whatever the case may be for Marvel stuff rules my life. So I'm okay with that. But I also think, I guess I'm thinking moving forward. I think we're getting into a very, very interesting and possibly fickle narrative moving forward. Now that we have variants, and Alex and I, we talked about this on, on your show, Alex, with, with variants and timelines and and... Like, look, Spider-Man, all the villains, all the Spider-Man, they just might be variants. Like, everything just might be a variant. That's a perfect cop-out for having anything you want. But I'm thinking moving forward, can you not now explore a different timeline in which we have a standard Thunderbolts? What Say we get a standard Thunderbolts, right? Because we're it seems like we're building to that. And, and 
whatever that might be with whoever that might be, a team of six anti-heroes. We get a, a standard Thunderbolts movie that fits well and proper within the MCU and everything we know. But can you not also have like a divergent, like darker Thunderbolts spinoff Disney Plus series where like shit just goes sideways and they just fucking murder people? And like, that sounds pretty cool to me. And you can just chalk it up and say, it's a different timeline. It's not happening in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know. Is this, would this be a good thing? Would this cause too much confusion? I don't know if it would cause too much confusion. I do think, you know, for me personally, there's like the risk of like uh, sci-fi fatigue or like, or like timeline fatigue or whatever. Like, cause it's just like, I'll admit even in like Endgame, my least favorite thing about it was how they fixed the problem. I was like, yeah. Oh, we're just going to jump back in time. Like, great. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, of course, like why didn't we think of this earlier? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, so for me, I hope it's not just a bunch of, Oh, this is a different timeline. This is a different timeline. Like, (laughs) but again, like I've liked everything that they've ever made. So I'm going to watch whatever they make. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question at all, but I just. No, it does. Alex, what what do you think? I, I think we have really kind of a huge problem going forward in, in that sense is that where are these movies and TV shows going to be going? Because right now, if they're going to be as dark as we want them to be, they ain't going on Disney Plus. But <laughs> yeah, right now, true. Hulu has no plans to have Marvel content on there for the future past this Modoc series coming out. Mm. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I don't know why Disney Plus and Hulu hasn't combined and just given them a parent control like they do on every single streaming application to protect your kids from watching certain things. I, it, it doesn't make sense to me with this whole Disney bundle as they own ESPN and Disney Plus and Hulu, why they don't just throw everything together. But Disney Plus holds nothing dark. None, none of the Deadpool movies are on there. I mean, the darkest film on there is like, I don't know, like The Return <laughs> of Oz is pretty dark. <laughs> Empire Strikes like, Back Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, like I... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So then that leads me to, to another question. And I'm just, I'm just poking and prodding just to, yeah. this is fantastic because do we think, do we think it's a Disney overlord problem that we might have? I know, I know we all trust Kevin Feige with, with our hearts and our minds and our souls, but he's told by some, at the end of the day, he's told by Disney what's okay and what's not okay. Like you can't, he can't just come out and say like, yeah, we're making a, a the Thunderbolts and it's it's going to be as crazy as the Suicide Squad. No way Disney put, puts that anywhere, right? That's our problem. I mean, I guess probably, you know, like isn't isn't our access to content information hasn't it always been a gatekeeper problem? You know what I mean? Sure. Like that's that's been uh, you know the the digital revolution has been the fact that you know, we can, we can access the things we want, but now we're sort of like cornering ourselves again with all these different streaming services and whatever. So, I mean, you're probably right. Like at, at the end of the day, you know, they can only do what the guy writing the checks going to let them do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I hope not, I really hope not, but 
like Alex mentioned, they own like a quarter of all the content streams in the world. So yeah. <laughs> like they'll, they'll find a place, man. Like sure. there, there's, there's too much money in it. Like I know suicide squad didn't knock it out of the park, but you know, Deadpool did really well. And they're, they're, they're just, they're, there's no way they're yeah. not going to dip their toe. Let's, you know? let's talk about Deadpool three for a second, because this, this has been kind of a hot topic for a little bit. There's been, so whenever the Fox merger happened years ago now, that was the big question. Does Deadpool go in the MCU? We've seen Deadpool and Korg in, a, in the same video, seemingly confirming in a commercial that, that Deadpool is now canon and in the, in the MCU. Take it whatever you, you know, whatever, however you will. But it seems to me that Marvel has just been hesitant. They've been, been staring longingly down the road at the, at the golden gates that just have the big rated R symbol on them. And they're just too afraid to walk down that golden path and open the golden gates, even if it comes from a property like Deadpool that we have seen do extremely well at a box office. People adore it. And it is, it's a hard R. I mean, that's that it is what it is. Now it sounds like the conversation is going and, and Ryan Reynolds has said, look, Deadpool three, it's like 75% written. It's going to be R. it's going to be in the MCU. Do we, do we think they go full send on this? Is this the opportunity for Marvel to say like, fuck it, we're going full send on Deadpool 3 and that's our hard art introduction to the MCU? It would be the easiest one besides Blade for them to do yep. because there's already existing stuff out there. And like, look, you know, they're going to, at a certain point, like everyone, and by everyone, I mean like, you know, companies or content creators or whatever they're, they're gonna try everything at some point so like right i do think they're gonna i hadn't heard that you know they had said or ryan reynolds had said it's gonna be in the mcu or whatever because i actually think it would be funny for them to put deadpool in the mcu and have him be like purposely self-censoring like the kind of like meta sure. jokes that he does like he could oh i'm, I'm on a avengers movie yeah. i can't say the you know like how great I think, would that be if he showed up in the middle of funny. a movie and yeah. everything he says is beeping out and he and he continues to go he goes oh fuck 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 i can't say this i can't say that it's all yeah. beeping out like he is very self-aware that would be great yeah. I, I would co-sign that alex yeah. what, what are you saying i mean disney is definitely in control of, of yeah. all of this like like they they're the true overlords. They they get to say what happens here, what happens there. That's why James Gunn is kind of like, yeah, I'm done after this third Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. movie because sure, sure. this isn't as fun as I had hoped it would be. Yeah. You know, he got mm -hmm. he got the exposure he needed with Guardians of like, yeah, he's he's a fantastic director, but I I don't I don't know. Yeah, Disney concerns me. A lot, <laughs> a lot. Like when they acquired Fox, I was wondering what the hell they were going to do with Deadpool. Um, they do have Ryan Reynolds under contract. He had to get the clear to make that whole thing with Korg, um, mm -hmm. which was kind of messy. He didn't think that Disney was actually going to allow him for the thing to happen, but they did. So Deadpool 3 is going to be the standard for him. Like that is where I think we're going to see what, limits they're going to push with it i don't think they want to i i think they just wanted all of marvel and 
Mm-hmm. They just kind of got boned that Ryan Reynolds was really fucking good at playing Deadpool. <laughs> and yeah. they just were so like, happened. I they they were like, okay, Deadpool 2, we'll let them put that out. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. And then they knocked it out of the park again. And they were like, well, fuck it. Like, yeah, we'll just we'll just let Ryan Reynolds keep doing his thing and we'll figure it out as we go. Look, Deadpool 2 made $786 million on a $110 million budget. That is nothing to shy away from. Quick yes or no from both of you. Not COVID notwithstanding, I'm talking a normal standard world and life that we used to live in. Does Deadpool 3, if it goes hard R and Disney goes for it, full send, does it make a billion dollars? Yes or no? No. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, yes or no? Well, I guess... Yeah, sorry, Alex. <laughs> this I, is why I said quick yes or no. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Okay, Tyler, why, why? Why? Well, I need to... I like To be honest, I don't know what like a normal box office number is. Like For sure. someone that has a movie podcast and loves movies, I don't care about the business side at all, and I don't really look into it. So I'm like, I know... Uh, we were just looking at Suicide Squad numbers, and I can't remember... Like, uh, whatever movie like you know what was the the big movie this i can't remember which one it was some one movie made like 250 oh black widow black widow made 200 quarter of a billion dollars so i'm like that was a huge release it made a quarter of a billion so no like i just think like (laughs) a billion is such an astronomically high number that's where my answer was based off of but i'm like well i don't know do movies make a billion dollars i don't i don't know like is that a normal thing to happen it, it, I mean, it, look, it used to be. And if anybody's going to be the first person to break a billion dollars post-COVID, it's it's going to be Marvel. Like, who who else would it be? N- nobody is spending a billion dollars to go see The Green Knight. I'll tell you that. And no matter how fun or different or good it is, it's it's never going to happen. And if, if we're talking about billion-dollar movies in COVID, because now we're talking about this, it's going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. That's going to be yeah. it, December 18th. You're talking about a Christmas movie. Hopefully, you know, I pray to the shrine of the Marvel gods and Kevin Feige every single night that we get back to a semi-regular box office numbers and, and people can go safely and this Delta variant dies out, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be, it's going to be Spider-Man. Now I, I do want to, uh, the last, very last thing before I move more, more Warner brothers focused, more DC focus and their entire universe I do want to know Dr. Strange Multiverse Madness. What what we know about it with Sam Raimi directing it and his horror background and everything that is coming together for that movie. I think that possibly, and it sounds like it's pretty much confirmed by now, is going to be the darkest, most quote-unquote horrific Marvel movie that we're getting to date. Sounds pretty dark to me is... I mean, is this a good thing that we're doing it with Doctor Strange or should it be waiting for something else? It's kind of funny. I think a lot of times I feel like I'm the only person that really likes Doctor Strange. Like, I loved that movie when it came out. And uh, a lot of people that I talked to at the time just didn't agree. And I, you know, that's fine. Um, (laughs) But it makes me realize, you know, if they were going to go dark, super dark with the property, like, it should probably be one that less people care about in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, sure. obviously we talked about Deadpool being a safe bet to introduce to the MCU and have it be dead, the Deadpool that we know and love. But like, you know, Deadpool is not necessarily, I mean, it's dark, but not, I don't know. It's, 
it's 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 graphic for sure i would say it's like very graphic i don't know if it's necessarily it's super dark as the same way that suicide squad was but even as i say that i think that's wrong i don't know it's a pretty dark movie <laughs> but um i just i think you know if, if it's going to be dr strange i you know like i said i don't look into like the the behind the scenes hype at all for any movie so i think if they're gonna try to go dark and weird like dr strange is as good a property as any of them because i think less people care about it so it's you know if it bombs it's less of a, a bruise for disney or for sure. marvel or whatever so um, I I hope so. I hope it does get weird. I love Doctor Strange. I think it's fun. So let's let's get let's get weird with it. You know. And I I I hope that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness doesn't bomb. Because if that bombs, we're all <laughs> fucked. Like the future of the Mar- of Marvel is done. That's it. Because because that's setting everything up for any for anything else. Um. Well, Thor: Dark World set up a lot in the MCU, <laughs> that, and no that, one liked that. So that's a really that's a really good point. Um, Alex, pro Multiverse of Madness being horrific i absolutely think that it is the safe choice when it comes to exploring the horror side of the mcu i remember way back when that they said this movie was going to be a horror movie and i was like well it's time to buckle up and get my ass into a theater because i (laughs) I do not do horror films me neither dude i i was like i'm still going to see this movie so it doesn't matter um so when they scaled it back a little bit, a lot of people were upset. I certainly yeah. wasn't, but I'm not surprised. Um, I absolutely like it because I think it is a way to bring other people, like a different audience, in sure. to liking these superhero movies. Um, but I also think it helps stay true to a lot of the comics because they all weren't just like, go out, fight bad guy, we win, that's over. You know? Like, there were true different stories and different things happening. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of darker moments with different sorts of characters. So like I said, I yeah. don't think every character needs to be dark and everything needs to be scary and horror, but like, it's okay that some things are. Yeah. I think I, I think full circle to where we were talking about, it's time to expand or dip our toes or, or take one step closer to those golden radar gates. I think this is the way you do it. You just start introducing slowly but surely like, hey, this is just going to be a little darker. Hey, this is going to be a little more graphic. Hey, this is going to be a little more adult. Like, this is the direction things are going. And I think now that we have Wanda that has the dark hold, which is officially MCU canon, RIP Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets no fucking love ever for having the dark hold. Um, I think that I think that is a perfect opportunity leading into Blade, leading into the undead leading into Mephisto. I mean, possibilities are endless. Um, and, you know, the question that comes is, when is Wanda Maximoff getting her own movie? When are we getting a Scarlet Witch solo movie? She's so powerful, and she's just, like, hanging around in the background all the time. I don't get it. Um, I, mean, I feel like it's going to have to be the the Black Widow thing, right? Like, yeah, when her contract right. is up, they're like, okay, we're going to give you your own standalone movie now. It's about time. Yeah, just like string you out as long as we can go. Yeah. Um. So, talking DC real quick. I know, again, I know we're a Marvel podcast, but this is a very special episode. We're talking We're talking cross-brand here. No hate. I mean, DC is, is, is its own thing. Marvel is its own thing. It's not one or the other. You can have both and still live. I... I think the most interesting thing with DC 
is Tyler, you mentioned it earlier. They've half-assed kind of everything they've done. They've given us standard thing. Like they give us a really shitty justice league, a really shitty suicide squad, but they've also given us now a very good, the suicide squad. They've given us Zack Snyder's justice league. They've given us man of steel. A lot of people put in their top three, four, five for DC, things like this. DC does kind of so far has dipped their toes in this like one off dark universe. When we're talking about Joker and we're talking about the Suicide Squad and things, because Joker's not technically extended universe, I don't think. I think it's just this like one-off using a DC property. Why is DC failing to learn that they should go whole ass into this universe? The Joker is the first rated R comic book movie to ever make a billion dollars, and they don't. I, I, I mean, they have a Joker 2 coming out eventually, but they don't really choose to say, oh, wow, okay, that was successful. We're going to go for it. They put more things on the slate like Shazam 2, Aquaman 2, Black Adam, things that are standard DC. What's what's the holdup for DC going whole ass on the dark? Well, first of all, Shazam 2 needs to happen. <laughs> I know you haven't seen Shazam. I haven't seen Shazam, and I feel bad about um, that, and I'll probably take it back once I see it. <laughs> um, I mean, but the, like... I guess if, if we're if we're talking about dark in the sense of like seeing like death and blood and guts and do- and right. gore and stuff like if that's what we mean by dark because like in a lot of ways I feel like DC's always been like the moodier franchise like mm. even like going way back to like Tim Burton's Batman or Batman in general the cartoons on TV like when I was a kid it's always been a little bit darker as opposed to like the X-Men cartoon that came on right afterwards, right? Like there was more literal color and it seemed a little bit brighter and a little more whatever, you know? So um, I I feel like DC for whatever reason just hasn't. And again, I have no idea what goes on behind the (laughs) scenes in Hollywood. I don't know anything about what happens in meetings, but it's probably scary for a, a prop or a company like Warner brothers to be like, we're going to go all in mm-hmm. on a very niche direction mm-hmm. with this very broad properties, right? Like Superman and Batman and Spider-Man were the three top comic book characters growing up. And obviously two of those are DC, but now it's completely flipped and no one gives a shit about Superman. And at least I don't think anyway, because they're making three fucking different Superman right. shows and they just all at the right. same time. Cause it's scary for them to like, really, mm-hmm. I would assume they're going to spend all this money, like, but we're going to be niche. We're going to take, we're going to take Superman and make it niche, right? Like make it fit into our overall mm-hmm. aesthetic. And so, cause like, you know, like Shazam, like you haven't seen it, but it does have like a little bit of a moodier feel. It's light and fun in a lot of ways, but you know, it's literally dark. It's like the scenes are mostly dark, darkly lit scenes. And it's a little bit moodier and a little bit whatever, but it's still got some silly stuff to it. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I just feel like they they had to see like, they had to see the proof that it could work, right? And I hope they saw the proof with Suicide Squad. Like, no, we need to go all in on this direction. We've picked to be like the darker side of the coin. So let's just be the darker just side of the it. coin. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? The DC universe has had a very big identity crisis for a very long time. Mm-hmm. All of their movies just kind of have a different feel to them. Like nothing makes sense. And the MCU has 
Kevin Feige that has kind of overseen everything and has made sure that everything has the same kind of flow and it's worked. I'm not saying that that could work for DC because I don't think that it's a very common thing to have work. Like have really one guy be running an entire franchise of films and have it be this big that that doesn't just happen or everybody would fucking do it all the time. (laughs) Like, if it was that easy, we would all just be doing it. But I do think they kind of need to go into the dark. Why we haven't really seen movies focused on villains. And DC has the Batman franchise that they can dive extremely deep into that. Um, I would love to see it with Spider-Man's villains as well in Marvel, but that probably won't happen, so... I'm rooting for it on the DC side. I I want villains. I've always loved them. And the darkness of Suicide Squad and a lot of people liking it gives me hope. DC has always had the better villain spread than Marvel. Marvel's always had kind of, you could say, a villain problem, a villain issue. They don't have anybody that really stacks to potentially, you know, the things that DC has. I'm not super well-versed in what DC has versus or, you know, save for what I've seen film-wise. But it seems to me like Marvel's got this this really big swath of the market covered by now. They, they've, they've cornered it and they've, they've done it. I think it's time for DC to go niche, to go and say, look, villains are our strong suit, dark is our strong suit, and we're just going in that direction. And that's just, that's just what it's going to be. Because if you're not going to make a man of steel two, And if you're not going to make things that deserve to be made, then it sounds like it's more of a studio money problem or, or a studio money focus than it is like, let's make some really cool movies. And, you know, Tyler, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. It's, it's really a, a broad kind of movie industry issue where, where it's, it's, you know, money versus cool shit. And, and it's just forever going to be that problem. I do find it funny when, you know, a little story. I don't know if you both of you had heard uh, or read on Twitter or whatever a week or two ago when uh, Warner Brothers execs, DC execs were basically reading the script to Man of Steel and said, look, how is how you can't um, disintegrate his pod? How is he going to get back to Krypton to fight Zod? And the writers were like, hey, Krypton's gone. It's got it's a full first like 30 minutes of the movie. The planet's decimated. Like, are you reading the script? And I think stories like that are extremely problematic in trying to ru- run a movie, a movie universe. And I know, Alex, you said it's you don't just like get up and run, you know, and create movie universes. Like it just doesn't happen. And if it did, everybody would do it. So I get it. But I'm also a really big fan of Joker and shit like that I think is, is really cool. And um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. It'd be really cool to get some movies that were like villain centric. I think that's a really cool idea. Nothing that Marvel's ever going to do. So to, to be fair, <laughs> like when you were talking, you were talking about the, uh, the, the, the execs not really reading the script. I think in all honesty, like that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's sort of like, in a lot of ways, that's something that like a writer needs to be aware of because 
to like granted they should have realized like oh yeah krypton was blown up in the first half of the movie like sure i'll grant you that but like <laughs> i feel like most people that watch these movies like they don't have marvel podcasts they don't have a movie podcast they don't like care as much as we do right mm. like a lot of people are like uh my my grandpa or my mom or my neighbor across the street or whoever that's just like yeah whatever i'll put on suicide squad or i'll put on whatever and as long as superman flies around and does some cool stuff and Mm -hmm. whatever like they don't they don't care any more than the studio exec does so like i feel like people like us that tend to care more about it like and and like the writers of these stories and stuff have to realize that a a large majority of the people that watch these movies don't really give a shit so it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a tough thing to it's a tough thing to do obviously because dc has struggled to find their footing like balancing those two worlds right like placating the people that care and also like making it accessible to the people that are just there to eat popcorn and and whatever you know and that's another really potentially really big problem moving forward is do you risk segmenting and and cannibalizing your own audience and saying look in order to understand guardians volume three you have to see the holiday special on disney plus (laughs) or else you won't understand what's happening like that seems potentially problematic for other people. Like, you know, I, I think my wife is a bad example. She just doesn't watch movies, but you know, yeah. general, general people that are just going to say like, look, I'm just going to go see the next Spider-Man movie because I fucking love Spider-Man. And like, yeah. I'm going to have no idea why all of a sudden we're seeing people come through portals or just like <laughs> show up through like these yeah. time, time things like, you know, and, and that brings its own, its own problems. Um, before we do any lingering thoughts, any any last uh, bullet points, you know, take the stand, the, the final stand here. Can we all agree Idris Elba incredibly underused in the MCU as Heimdall? Big, huge oh. missed opportunity. I thought you were going to say in Suicide Squad. I was like, what <laughs> movie did you watch? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it could be the case that like, that's all he had time to do. Like the, mm-hmm. the dude does a lot of stuff. Right. So like maybe, maybe he only signed on for that much. Cause that's all he wanted to do. You know, like Good point. I don't know that I necessarily need more Heimdall in my life, but I'll take <laughs> more. I Elba for sure. Right. Know? Yeah. Alex. He was absolutely underutilized yeah. as where I felt a lot of Asgardians. Yes. You know, I, I for one don't really care about Thor that much. He's cool. I like him, but like, He's just a big beefy white guy that like shoots electricity. I I just don't <laughs> care. You know, sure, there there sure. are far a, a lot of other Asgardians that I would have liked to d- dig deeper into that they just kind of murdered and you know, here we are today with Loki. So if we're giving people if we're giving shows and everything to everybody, give us an Asgardians prequel. Like just like just put me in Asgard and let me just like live for eight or 10 or 12 episodes. Like I don't I just, need anything crazy to happen. I want to know more about the Valkyries. Yes. Like, Valkyrie I, spin-off. I, there, there's so much I would oh. like to know, you know, the, more about Hela and Odin, you know, the times before mm-hmm. it just, there's so much that they just kind of skipped over Yeah, because I'll, we were focused on, Thor loving some <laughs> fucking earthling that I'm so pissed that she's coming back to. 
Oh, oh don't, how dare you slander no, now? I'm, I'm excited for Thor Love and Thunder just because like I know it's going to be a really good movie. But I was so happy when the love interest was done because mm. it was so dumb in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I feel like first like i mean per- personally thor is my favorite character in the mcu like i i know i know that a lot of people don't love him you know <laughs> yes. like i love thor like all the thor stuff is great to me but uh and and i even do like i honestly i think a lot of times i love it just because of how corny it is like i don't know i think i just love chris i want to be chris hemsworth maybe <laughs> whatever it is i love thor. Hey, no yeah. no slander on yeah, chris yeah. hemsworth yeah for <laughs> all sure. my hate is towards the character <laughs> thor. but like, chris i love like, you don't hurt me what you're saying, like the whole Jane thing, it's like I wish they she just would have went away, right? Like to have her come back does seem like shoehorned in, and they always made sure to drop like, oh, remember Jane Thor? Where's Jane? Oh, she's in Arizona or whatever, you yeah, know, whatever. Right. Like I just wish they would have just dropped it, you know what I mean? So I agree, like it's a, I'm 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 happy, I guess. I don't really care one way or the other, but it's just like if we're gonna talk about her, at least we should like put her back on screen a little bit you yeah know I mean? she's going to exist like let's let her actually exist <laughs> like if I, any chance i get to see natalie portland on on a big screen i will oh, yeah. i will take it regardless of storyline flaws i don't care um <laughs> gentlemen any any closing thoughts closing arguments on on this broad topic of marvel versus dc and why marvel is so uh just not vibing with the suicide squad why are they not going this route do you have anything to, to close us out nope <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just so sad polka dot man was killed so sad he, yeah. he was probably my favorite and i kind of want to know why he was in maximum security prison because mm-hmm. he was it like just murdering his mother like i i don't know but i want to know more and then they killed him, but I understood because they had to kill somebody in the end, yeah. you know? Yeah, I know I get that. Look, David Dasmalchian, I'm trying to get him on the show. Listen, David, if you're watching, you are the, the premier character of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, heartbreaking that he had to die. I think he had some of the best uh, the best lines in the movies, especially when he dropped all the bombs and he was like, ah, fizzle sticks. Hold on a second. Let me, gra- <laughs> let me grab the bombs. I died. And then Milton I died. died. He was Milton, so sad oh, for conversation Milton. is great. I, I'm, I'm about to go rewatch the Suicide Squad real quick. <laughs> I kept saying the whole time, I was like, why the fuck is that man still following them? Dude. And then he got popped. Just classic. Just hilarious. Look, my final thought, I, th- I think every everything we've said here is valid. And I think it's a, it's a very interesting... Uh, potentially problematic thing that we have here of of Marvel being so straight laced and so one lane. I think the multiverse opens that up and gives opportunity to potentially go somewhere more graphic. Uh, and I don't want Deadpool three to be the cop out. I think that is a is a cheap shot. And Deadpool has already been that. And regardless if it's MCU canon or not, um, I'd like to see see more from Marvel when it comes to that. Um, give us all kinds of spinoffs. And look, now that Pete Davidson's dead in the DC universe, fucking pick him up. Bring him to the Marvel universe. <laughs> I'm very pro David Pete Davidson. Um, get him in, get him in, in Marvel. Um, look. He can be the new Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, anybody As... could. Anybody could. <laughs> True. Uh, look, do you think Marvel should make a movie like the Suicide Squad? Let me know on Twitter at 15 Minute Marvel. 
a huge shout out to both Tyler Beck and Alex Donahue for joining me today on the podcast, the extended edition of the podcast bonus episode, I guess. Uh, look, Tyler, if people want to find you online, on social media, where are you at? What do you do? Yeah, so you can find our podcast. It's uh, at Three Films Pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, probably all the other places too, but those are the only two I care about. Um, <laughs> yeah, our website's threefilmspod.com. You can check out our merch and our patron options. And uh, yeah, the podcast is on all the places you find podcasts, uh, three films and a podcast of which I am one humble third of. <laughs> you just did a great Jojo Rabbit episode. Um, <laughs> I love that movie. Great, great podcast. Alex, where are you at, man? Listen, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. I'm present on Facebook, but I don't use it, so don't go there. <laughs> don't do it. I I try TikTok sometimes. You know, I post some some sound bites sometimes. <laughs> I think I've done it three times at the Marvel Atlas on all platforms because it's taken by no one, thankfully. And of course, then it's just the Marvel Atlas on whatever listening platform that you would like to listen to my show on. I love it. Yes, I have been a guest on the Marvel Atlas uh, a couple times now, I feel like. And uh, you and Maddie are are a hoot, and it's always a good time. So, <laughs> yeah, go check out both these podcasts, uh, both great guys. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on any major podcast platform. Special shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark and Hajir Shakib. And I will see you back here next time. I am Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster.